Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be my talk about the incoming live event. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Spotify, or any of the podcast platform, you can always catch me live Monday through Friday at SNTRlive.com. It'll bring you right to YouTube. Or uh, you can bookmark SNTRnetwork.com. SNTRnetwork.com has all of my content, the Rageous Roundtable, Repeat Theater, and this show, all the breakouts and highlights are there, so be sure to bookmark it. So live event coming is something that a lot of people were speculating about. Number one, we had the puzzle going on where you go and like put your little choose thing in if you're a collector's edition person, and then it was spitting out images. And now there's the, you know, there's the TWAB, there was the Calamity, uh, what's it called? Calamity Protocol, you know, emblem. And everyone's like, oh my gosh, there must be something going on that we're going to be getting like an emblem, you know, like with the Almighty. So the TWAB came out and we already started speculating. And then Luke Smith said some things. So I'm going to walk you through why we first started speculating pretty hard about the timing of it and when it's probably going to land. So you can, you know, plan accordingly. And then uh, also... Uh, we 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 got the tweet from Luke Smith, so I'm going to read through all of that with you uh, right now. So what was said? So uh, this is right from the TWAB. So I'm direct quoting the TWAB right here. November the 9th at 4 p.m. Pacific time. That's 7 p.m. Eastern. Players will be removed from activities and will be required to download a small update before logging in again. So three hours before the game goes down, you're going to be required to download like a tiny update. And then at 6.50, the final 10 minutes before maintenance, no one can log in. So you're going to want to be logged in before 6.50 p.m. Pacific. All right. That's 9.50 p.m. Eastern time. So... That's, you know, almost a full three hours later. No one can log in. The final 10 minutes is likely when something's going to happen. That's maybe why they're preventing logins. So we read this and immediately we started speculating that something was going to be going on in the tower. Why would you have everybody logging out essentially and downloading an update right before, uh, right before you're doing shutting the entire game down doesn't make any sense and then luke smith confirms because they sent out an email indicating that something would be happening at the end of the season and this is this was his quote here we have a small event to close out season of arrivals we wanted it to be a surprise but an email accidentally mentioned it it's nothing too crazy just a little time to chill in the tower before the lights go out now i don't know if he's being cheeky or intentional here but lights is capitalized uh and so he is telling you to make sure you are in the tower just before the lights go out meaning the game itself uh, will be shutting off now again I don't know if he's speaking in code he talked about how the only way they could ever do a destiny 3 is if destiny uh, 2 went dark and now he's saying the lights are going to go out Uh, again he just could be being cheeky he could be kind of speaking in code that this is essentially meant to be destiny 3 or something like that or it could just be something very very basic Um, so and you know chill in the tower right (laughs) chill in the tower because you know stasis is around the corner and it's cold and icy and all of that there could be all kind of things here again I think you could just be playing around this but the, 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 the message is clear you're going to want to be in the tower those final hours before maintenance now I know people are upset that live in other time zones they're like dude that's like midnight 1 o'clock 2 o'clock in the morning I can't even take part they're just seemingly trying to do something 
to end the season and it seems to be tied to the maintenance and us being unable to play according to wish you luck's tweet uh there is going to be an end of season event kind of like what they did with fortnite and the blackout and this is likely going to be very similar it's going to sort of explain why we can't play so secondly what about the puzzle because there are people kind of inquiring about that like is the puzzle related so if you're not sure or you've not heard about this there was this analyze website that popped up and if you owned the collector's edition and you had redeemed your collector's edition emblem you could go and put in the word choose which was a puzzle inside of the collector's edition that spit out the word choose if you put in the word choose it had a countdown we sat and we watched the countdown on November the 5th and it started going into the negatives it was actually a really really funny moment we refreshed and then it started spitting out images and those images are being you know sort of uh, aggregated and put all together by raid secrets with like a spreadsheet or whatever and they're trying to build what looks like some sort of an image it also said there's a 24 hour lockout and then we're going to need a new access ID so I don't know if we're going to need a new access ID for today if it's going to reset or what if we're going to be slowly building this picture or whatever it is over the next couple of days we also heard that it was something was wrong. I guess Bungie told Raid Secrets that all of the images were glitched or bad or not correct, and so they need everybody to resubmit. So it isn't going over all that well. And as for now, we're not even sure if this is related to the live event on Monday. These could be completely unrelated things. The Monday time slot that we're predicting is very, very short, which means the 24 lockout could be related to that. Like each day we get a little bit more of the image and then it basically points to a time in the tower that we're already predicting is going to be late in the day right before they shut the entire game down. (coughs) Um, (coughs) Excuse me, sorry. A time-gated puzzle over a period of few days might not be that popular. In the grand scheme of things, this might not have been the best call, given how corridors of time went. Sorry, I took a bad, like, inhale. Holy moly. So, I kind of want to end with that, because people are like, this is time-gated, are you serious? It's every 24 hours. It's another thing that not everybody can partake in, you need the collector's edition, and it's basically built for raid secrets, right? We, not everybody can participate. We're not even part of the puzzle solving and blah, blah, blah. So the final section of the talk today, is this another Corridors of Time, okay? Most of the criticism from Corridors of Time, I believe during the event, okay? After the event, it was a little bit different. But during the event, I believe that most of the criticism of Corridors of Time was driven by bias. This idea that everybody should have been able to participate equally because, you know, looking at spreadsheets for 16 hours a day was something that people really coveted. I thought a lot of that was driven by jealousy um, and, you know people not suddenly being in charge and being at the lead who used to be most of that negative sort of subtweeting i i think was completely invalid and bias laden uh the criticism in the aftermath however was understandable i believe it was overstated uh given it was only really related to the calendar and knowing that the bastion was coming i think a lot of the criticism about the bastion was overstated i understood why people were bummed out I don't think it was insane for people to be a little irritated, but I think it got largely overstated, primarily because it was still a cool event, and it still led to a cool weapon, and it was, it was something that they had never done before. So, right now, I am completely not included in what's going on. I'm not on that, I'm not on that in crowd anymore, I'm not slamming out all the different puzzle solving, and a part of all the cool kids club, and high-fiving, and I still think events like this are totally fine. 
I, I can remove my bias and be like, it's totally fine for them to do stuff like this. At the end of the day, they create these for a particular, very, very particular group of the Destiny community. And I'm totally okay with that. It's like trials. It's like a raid. It's like solo flawless dungeon emblems. They put things in the game that generally only land on a on a fraction of the player base and this is not the only time that they do that so if you love raiding they have an entire team dedicated to raids and creating raids and you make up probably 10% of the community so if they want to do a cool little offsite puzzle for people to enjoy that get into that and puzzle solving and all of that and like they did this with Niobe they did this with uh, and, and, and Niobe was at least in the game but you know they did it with Corridors the time they did it here I'm 100% okay with that as far as the live event happening in the tower, I actually hope Bungie continues to do more things like this. I know that a lot of people criticized the almighty crash. They said it was boring. They said it took too long. That was their first venture into something like that. And so I thought it was fine that it was a little slow pace. They wanted to make sure everybody kind of got to be in the tower and see it. And once it happened, it was pretty dope, I thought, for something that they had never done before. Uh, obviously, the concern at the time was getting disconnected and not being able to see it because a handful of us were getting bopped periodically and in this situation if there's a small 10 minute window at the end of everything and there's no real build up to that it is going to be a bit of a bummer if anybody gets dc'd or disconnected maybe that's why they're restricting logins for the last 10 minutes because they want to have that server stability as opposed to having people like randomly scrambling to get in and plus everybody knows you're right on the cusp of a 14 hour maintenance period so I am totally fine with them doing more live events. I know that the timing of this one's not great for everybody, but I hope they do more and more stuff like this at the end of seasons as a baton pass to the next season. And I'm also okay with puzzles being maybe for a smaller select group of the community because that's basically something that only they can really do. None of us are are really equipped to solve these puzzles to begin with. And it's fun. You know, it's kind of that nerdy thing that you know a group of people gets to really really enjoy and i'm happy for them to enjoy it so if you're listening to this in the live stream don't go anywhere we're about to transition to the rageous roundtable if you're listening to this as a recording elsewhere q a and vip collins will follow this and as always please like share and subscribe Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be the Q&A session that followed my talk about the Destiny live event that is coming. If you're listening to this on iTunes or Spotify, any of the podcast platforms, you can always catch me live Monday through Friday. Just go to sntrlive.com and it will bring you to uh, the YouTube channel. If you want all of my content in one location, be sure to bookmark sntrnetwork.com. sntrnetwork.com has the Rageous Roundtable, Repeat Theater, and this show as well. All of the uh, all of the uploads and all the breakouts. So, Kevin has the first question. What is your hope for the live event that will happen in the tower? Luke Smith kind of downplayed it when he tweeted saying it's nothing special. I mean, he, yeah, he says we have a small event to close out season of arrivals. We wanted to make it a surprise, but an email accidentally mentioned it. It's nothing too crazy. Just a little time to chill in the tower before the lights go out. I mean, he's saying it's something small and nothing too crazy. I I don't think that he's trying to make it sound like it's, it'll, it doesn't matter or that it's boring. I think he's just trying to say like, you know, he's trying to keep expectations low. It's not going to be that crazy. It's not going to be that wild. Now, if there are people that are like, well, I didn't even make plans to do it because you acted like it wasn't going to be very cool. Um, I, I, 
I, I could see people maybe saying that. Like, if something really cool does happen, people will be like, you really downplayed it, and so I didn't care, I didn't I didn't bother with it. It's probably better to err on the side of being like, hey, it's just going to be this small little thing that we're going to do, just make sure you're in the tower right before the lights go out, uh, if you want to see what's going on. Um, my, my hope would be that they do something that is a story driver to Beyond Light, and from what we've heard from Wish You Luck, it's essentially going to explain why we can't play the game for 14 hours. It's going to be tantamount to the the black hole event that Fortnite did. So, I don't like to do the whole, um, you know... I don't like to do the whole like set my expectations and and get all these ideas about like what I want there, you know, what I want them to do. Um, I don't, I don't, I don't like to do that. Um, and the reason I like to do that is because it's super, super unlikely that I'm going to get my way because people are getting really specific, you know, like what if this happens? What if that happens? I just kind of take stuff like this as it comes because if 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 you get too specific. Number one, it's 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 like throwing darts in a dark room is what I always say. Somebody's going to get close to the right prediction and then everybody else is going to totally miss the mark. So I'm always kind of concerned about that. It's like, well, you know, if you if you think like, oh, we're going back to the old tower and this tower is going to get exploded and we're going to time travel and blah, blah, blah. You may be close. You may be completely off the mark. So I don't set I don't set like a desire list or like an expectations list. I don't I don't typically do that, uh, just because of how unlikely it is that I'm going to be um, on target. I, I mean I keep it kind of generic, you know. I just keep it kind of generic about how I, it'll be cool if it really ties into uh, what we're where we're going, the story and what's going on, and not a uh, if it's just if it's meaningless and doesn't matter. Um, also, there's going to be the potential of this being how you get the emblem that was data mined through the API. Uh, the, you know, this isn't like a super like secretive thing, like a spoiler thing. The APIs scan the game for all gear, and they find uh, emblems and stuff. And so, th- th- that emblem is you know potentially going to be obtained during this time period because it says observe the calamity or whatever. Uh, in light of that, I, I wonder if we're going to have a lot of complaints about that. Like, well, if I can't get in there in those three-hour period, I'm, I'm not going to be able to get the emblem. Um, you know, I, I could see that being a point of com- you know complaint from people, uh, being that it's a very, very random time on a Monday night. Um, and then there's the people on the other side that are like, well, it's way cooler if it's super exclusive. I'm kind of in the middle. I'm like, it's cool to do something like this, but if you make it super exclusive just because you happen to have the availability in your schedule to boot up the tower and stand there, that's not the kind of exclusivity I want to see on uh, on items in the game. I think Solo Flawless Dungeon and stuff like that is, um, that those are better suited for, like, super exclusive items. So, that's kind of where I, uh, where I land on it. Shane Infinity, you cannot put a space in between the exclamation point and the command. Uh, they have to be connected. Um, let's see here. Uh, Shell with the next question says, how much longer do you see Destiny running for after Lightfall? I personally hope it reaches beyond Lightfall, but if that 10-year plan with Activision still stands at the Bungie headquarters, then Lightfall will be the last DLC. We have it on good authority that Lightfall will not be the last DLC because of commentary and remarks made by Pete Parsons about... Uh, where they want to go as a developer. He said by the year 2025, there will be a multi-franchise developer and that Desi 2 will be um, incredibly evolved or, or significantly evolved or something to that effect. 
you can't really be a multi-franchise developer if you've stopped making Destiny, um, which... 2025 is five years from now Lightfall is three years from now so even if Lightfall only ran one year you know 2022 to 23 there's still a two year gap there that just doesn't make any sense I mean unless they just keep the servers on and we just keep on playing for literally no reason um I think that when we get the Lightfall there's a minimum of at least to get to 2025 two years I think there's at least a five year period after that that they've got planned out their goal is to get us to Lightfall and then we'll just continue from there Uh, if if the game continues to be very very successful both with respect of like microtransactions and seasonal purchases I can't see them just turning the game off um, because everyone's like oh they're going to shift all their attention to their new new, uh, IP their new game I mean maybe if they're making a ton of money off of destiny they're not just going to walk away from it um so i would uh, i would expect there to be um i would expect there to be more um more beyond more past lightfall given that everything that they're doing now they talk about how like lightfall like everything's leading to a moment um that that'd be weird to lead all the way to that moment and stop the game and then to have your own CEO saying things publicly uh, that aren't uh, that aren't accurate about where you know where the franchise is headed or where the developer is headed I'm sorry uh, clap for you why do you think they chose Monday a work day for most wouldn't Sunday have been a better fit well if if wish you luck's tw- uh, leaks are true which they have almost all I think every single one of them has been proven true up to this point It's tying in with the 14 hours of maintenance. Um, Now, the 14 hours of maintenance is probably something that was required given that we are are getting a a fresh install of the game. Now, you don't need to uninstall the game. The TWAB made it very, very clear. All you have to do is turn your Xbox, PS4, or Steam to auto-updates, and they will get the update. Uh, and PlayStations are going to get like an extra day head start. Now they'll pre-download it, but they won't install it. Like it's not going to mess your game up. They're going to be able to pre-download the update and then it'll install at a later time. Um, and so that, you know, that's going to help people there. Obviously, if your internet's super, super slow, it's a pretty big download. Uh, but you do not need to uninstall the game. They told people basically to not do that. Some people are like, well, I have to. My hard drive doesn't have enough space. Um... So I believe that the reason they did it on Monday was because it is. I I think Wish You Luck's tweet is going to come true. I think that they are doing this. Uh, they're tying this in to the maintenance. It's basically going to explain the maintenance. It's going to be like a. This is why the game's not playable. Similar to the Fortnite Black Hole event, where you couldn't play Fortnite for like an entire. Well, I, it was a couple of days or something. Kids were very up. <laughs> Kids were pretty angry about that. Uh, they wanted to play. Um, so, but I think that's why. That's why they chose Monday. Uh, Raven, very off topic, very speculative. You feel free, so feel free to skip and continue the momentum. But what do you think is going to happen post Lightfall? Uh, we already answered this. Do you think that we'll cycle through the DCV for a few years while they build D three or come up with more expansions to build upon? Okay, well you've got more here for me to interact with. Yeah, I, I actually am curious if my theory is correct that we become a guardian of power. That would be a whole new era for Destiny. That the story would change. We would have so many different abilities and builds and, and things that we could do. Um, I was uh, I was thinking today, like when we were talking about on the roundtable, that that 
that moment will will, will change a lot of things in the storyline, which would leave room for all kinds of things to happen with the, you know, who's the true villain at that point. Uh, do, do we choose a side? A lot of people think at that point in time we'll choose light or dark. I, I genuinely don't think it's just going to be like cycling through DCV like recycled stuff. Uh, I don't I don't see that being how they do it. Um, I also think that you know their their plans for D three. They've already said they have no plans to do a D three, uh, and so with no plans to do D three, then. Yeah, there could still be a D3. He didn't completely eliminate the possibility. He didn't say absolutely unequivocally, no, we will never do a D3. He just said, we're not planning on it right now. We have, I think his exact phrasing was almost like, we have no plans uh, at the moment to build D3. So it's like, they're not completely wiping it off the table because then, you know, you never know what the future holds. There could be, you know, technology developments over the next five years that enables them to do a really good launch of another game, a sequel, uh, that doesn't require a complete reset and restart. That was their main reasoning for not doing a D3 right now, was that they'd have to halt all, all support and production of D2. And so, yeah, I don't think it's just gonna be like a cycling of the DCV. They explain the orbs of power thing. Well, them explaining the orbs of power doesn't take away from my theory. It, it, they're not mutually exclusive. They're just giving you a reason. That still could add to my theory. The idea that we can power our light subclasses and our dark subclasses with orbs of power. What does that even mean? An orb of power? It's no longer an orb of light. Well, where are orbs of power coming from? Well, they're coming from us. When you do a super or get kills or whatever with a you know a, a masterwork weapon, you're generating orbs of power. What is that? It, it, again, this this could be the beginning stages of us becoming a guardian of power. We're literally manifesting power and not light. We're manifesting an orb of power instead of an orb of light. Um, so it's still it, the, the theory could still hold together, even though they gave an explanation. I, they didn't even need to explain it. We knew that when we saw. The trailer, the trailer was, we saw orbs of power and we're like, well, it wouldn't make much sense to pick up orbs of light for a darkness subclass. So we kind of already knew the reasoning and the rationale behind it, even before they put it in a blog post. And even back then, I, I, I still think that that's a, that's a decent theory. Um, also again, Luke Smith confirmed that that floaty thing behind the stranger is not a ghost. And if she, if my theory is correct, if she is a guardian of power already, and she's going to teach us essentially how to cross over that bridge, then maybe our ghost takes on a whole new role, and maybe that's why they're giving us the ghost customization in uh, in Beyond Light, because that's uh, that's a way to start that process. Because if we are no longer a guardian of light, we wouldn't need our ghost. We wouldn't need a connection to the traveler. Um, so, it's probably more like they didn't want to have orbs of light and orbs of darkness popping out server saw for the same uh, serving the same function. So they just did the orbs uh, made the orbs agnostic. No, no, I think my explanation is cooler. <laughs> I mean, sure, it could have been a technical thing. It one hundred percent could have been a technical thing, but uh, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, Fally with the next question. Many people were upset about the pacing of the Almighty event. Do you think this event will be more timely? Well, if it starts at 7, okay, if it starts at 7, that's 3 hours. If it only takes place in the final 10 minutes when they don't let people log on, then that's a really small window of time for people to get ready. 
So maybe it starts in that last hour. You know, maybe the final hour it starts, and then the final 10 minutes you cannot log in for, you know, for server stability. As long as you're in the game, you're fine. Like, it doesn't mean you have to be in the tower. You just have to be logged in on your account would be uh, my, my thought process on it. So... I would, uh, I would think that they're not going to do... If it runs all the way from, you know, 7 to 10, like literally 3 hours, I, that, that would be a little absurd. Uh, and again, they developed new technology for the tower to do the Almighty event. It's possible that those tech developments just require things to be pretty slow in order for them to run stable and in order to maximize everybody getting to experience it. I, 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 out, outside of that... Outside of that, I, I would I would uh, I would wager to say the last hour is where I would put my chips. Like if I was a betting man, that's where I'd put my chips. I'd be like that last hour is when they're really that that's when the event primarily is going to take place. Strider Prime, I have been playing uh, since D one launch, and I love the story bits. Has Bungie ever stated why they put so much into lore? I like the backstory, but it seems like it tells more than the game at times. They have never really given a philosophy on why lore cards and lore entries, the blogs they put on the website, they've never really explained why they put so much there and not in-game. I could probably hazard a guess to say so much of the lore doesn't really fit into a video game because you really do have to read it. It's well written. It, It makes for a great read. And that doesn't always translate into a cutscene or a narration. Now, I'm not saying they couldn't do really cool narrations about Clovis Bray and Elsie and all this stuff that we're getting in the collector's edition. That certainly could be pretty cool. Uh, a lot of the lore is a conversation between two parties, and then that's you know that's a pretty easy cutscene, right? You just record the audio. I I've always felt that they like to put this this reservoir of depth beneath the game for those that are interested in going to read it or getting a book or you know or whatever or going into the game and reading the lore cards and then the game on the surface is still interesting and cool and you got great characters and you got cool things going on but it's the, the central tenet of what makes destiny so good is just really rock solid really enjoyable gameplay you know it's it's a very playable game the sh- the way that the way that shooting the, the way that it feels as a shooter uh, is i think it's 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 one of the best, if not the best shooter in existence as far as how gunplay feels, movement of your character, going third person, your abilities, your supers, all of it. Um so I would say I would say that the whenever whenever this is happening, whenever you know we're pressing in on lore and story and why there's either an absence or not enough of it in the game you're always going to have the people that are super super pro lore put in the game put in the game put in the game and then there's all the other people that are just like yeah i don't really care i think the way they set it up actually works pretty well if you are super interested there are lore cards in the game to read there is lore in books and then obviously there's the videos and stuff if you are intrigued or interested enough there are uh, sources available for you to indulge that. And then for the other people that are just kind of like, eh, I don't really care. I just, you know, I listen to the audio here and there. I'm kind of that guy in the middle. I find the lore interesting. When you guys put lore information in chat, I'm like, oh, that's really cool. And then I try to listen to the dialogue and piece things together and come up with theories about, 
you know, theories like how I, I think that Elsie Bray can time travel, things like that. The stranger can time travel. Um, she She's worked with Osiris in the past, stuff like that. Uh, you know, I, I, I enjoyed, you know, dabbling, but I don't get deep down into it. I don't read the books. I can't sit here and quote, you know, the Book of Sorrows to you uh, or the Books of Sorrow, sorry, um, or whatever they're titled. So I'm kind of in the middle. And then there are the people that give zero rips about story. They just boot up and play. They just want to do looties and shooties. I actually think the way they do it works with that broad spectrum of player because there are people uh, sort of all along that spectrum. Chef with the next question. Do we think the live event could be a cutscene where we see each planet get destroyed and the lights literally go out and then that's the last thing we see before Beyond Light? This is not a bad prediction. Um, I don't know about destroyed, maybe vanished. Maybe the pyramid ships actually make them kind of David Copperfield disappear. Um, that could be pretty decent. You know, witness the calamity. That could be the calamity that we literally lose the planets. There's also lore to indicate that Rasputin ha- has protocols uh, to uh, to shoot the Traveler if it tries to leave. And somebody said they think that the Traveler might try to leave because the pyramid ships are here and they're getting too strong or too close. And, uh, you know, the Traveler could try to leave. And Calamity Protocol could initiate and if calamity protocol is as the lore cards indicate a protocol to prevent the traveler from leaving during a calamity we could see that happen uh it could be it could be something more you know more dramatic like that like that's when the lights go out um so i i don't know um the plants are being vaulted, not deleted. I mean, they're being vaulted, not deleted, but they also, they, they've they've said that not every single uh, vaulted location will automatically return. Like, that, that, that's not like a guarantee. Uh, it's a possibility, but they've, they've never said that it's a guarantee that if something gets vaulted, it's automatically coming back. So. Uh, they're going to need a pretty big mirror, yeah, to David Copperfield, a planet. That's right. Uh, Ashen says... Has Season of Arrivals lived up to the hype of being like no other time in Destiny? At least I think that is what they said. This is why I think sometimes they need to be careful with with what they're saying. Because the live event and the culmination of the Pyramid story could be like no other time in Destiny. If planets get disappeared or the Traveler gets destroyed or significant things happen... That, I mean, that could be what they were thinking. The fact that the pyramid ship showed up, went to individual planets, and we've been getting this big, long, stretched-out, drawn-out story, and now Savathun's coming into frame. I mean, in their mind, that is pretty cool. And that, in their mind, could be like, quote-unquote, no other time in Destiny. And you're thinking gameplay. You know, you're thinking guns and content loop, and what am I going to be doing? What you know, Am I going to be playing missions? Is there going to be a raid, a dungeon? What's going to be going on? And I, you know, if, if, uh, if, if that in their mind is, is the no other time in destiny, I just think, you know, it's always good to look back and examine how you communicate to the player base. And if in their minds, no other time in destiny was basically referring to, you know, where we are now, which is, uh, which is that the story is really coming to a crescendo and something really crazy might be happening on Monday um, yes, Jace Doubles, that's when we're, when we're predicting the event will be. Because Luke Smith said basically it's a time to chill in the tower before the lights go out. 
that's basically him saying you're chilling in the tower before the game goes offline for maintenance. I mean, that's essentially what he's saying, and that's what that frame of time that you've put in the chat is. Um, that's right before the lights go out. So, <clears throat> I think that's a pretty rock-solid prediction. Obviously, I made the prediction before he tweeted, and I think his tweet just adds to that. It, and I wasn't the only one, by the way. I'm not trying to take credit. We were all here saying that little update has to have something to do with a live event. And he confirmed it because an email accidentally confirmed it, which I still think is kind of dumb that they weren't going to tell anybody. I mean, I was definitely going to be ready. I was definitely going to be ready to uh, to, to boot up and go live after reading the TWAB because I was like that is literally the perfect window of time to do a live event it's right before maintenance why am I downloading an update right before maintenance why am I downloading an update right before you're essentially reinstalling the entire game um, it, it makes it makes no sense uh, to, al- to allow people you, you know to, to basically make people go in and, and 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 download an update and then three hours later you shut the whole game down like that that's really strange uh, I, I wouldn't think that they would they would do that unless there was a live event however however not everybody is going to not, not everyone is going to read the TWAB that carefully so I do think it's a little bit strange to not give people a heads up like when were you going to tell people I mean were you going to do a splash screen on Monday at reset or something like I think they should have told people. I think that email should have gone out. I think his tweet should have gone out. I, I don't really understand their idea that they were gonna, they weren't gonna tell us, you know. Um. Uh, to be honest, no other time in Destiny is kind of a low bar when D one wasn't exactly crazy and D two has uh, been trying to get up to speed for the past three years. Yeah, I mean, I see that. I, again, again, in their mind, they're like, oh, it's like no other time in Destiny. You know, we've never had this many story elements coinciding, and we've never had, we've never done this sort of thing in the skybox where there's all these pyramid ships, and we're getting rid of planets, and oh my gosh, there's going to be a calamity event at the end of the summer. In their mind, they're thinking, that's like, we've never done anything like this. And they're right. They just, I think future marketing purposes, you gotta, I don't know. I think you gotta, you gotta be careful boards. I live in Europe and I seriously hate the timing of this event because it will be at midnight for a work day for me. Shouldn't Bungie just do sort of these events on the weekend? Just like the almighty crash. We kind of already addressed this. This is seemingly them trying to explain the 14 hour of maintenance. They're making 14 hour of maintenance essentially canon that we won't be able to play. Uh, it's it's like the, the, black, the black hole event in Fortnite. Um, and, and truth be told... I would, I would much rather be cozied up on the couch with my wife, drinking a beer and watching TV, but I'm going to be streaming. If I wasn't streaming, I'd be in the game, sitting there, waiting for it to happen for however many hours, and that's late. You know, I'm going to be up, it'll be 10 o'clock by the time it's all said and done. Um, and I know that, you know, I'm a couple hours, I'm, you know, I'm those hours ahead of you or whatever, so I get to partake, and you don't. So I'm not necessarily complaining. What I'm saying is, is that in general, there's not really a way to do something like this that lines up perfectly with everyone's schedules, and they're trying to do it as a baton pass for next season, next year, and essentially a reason why we can't play for 14 hours. And if you're going to do something like that, it's going to land in, a, in a, probably an inopportune time for certain people. Um, yes, ideally, you'd aim for a midday weekend, so lots of time zones could, could converge on the event, and they're not doing that. And I would say they're not doing that probably out of necessity. It's not a, like, oh yeah, we want to exclude Europe, you know. 
Uh, God Rolls says, how do you think Leviathan will be taken out? There are no ships there. I think Kallus is just going to bail. Uh, I think he's going to be like um, Nessus and the Leviathan could be next. And I really like my ship, so I'm getting the heck out of here. Uh, he likes his menagerie. He gave us a tribute haul. Um, and so he was. he's probably like, no, nah, I'm good. I am leaving. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to take, take this thing out of here. So, yes, the live event was confirmed by an email and Luke Smith. Um, as someone who got screwed by the time zones, all I care about is a good event that hooks us. Right, I mean, and, and, and that's the thing. I mean, there, there, there's always going to be a group that's not included. I mean, the puzzle right now that everybody's doing uh, and did at Raid Secrets, that was only really built for Collector's Edition owners and the Raid Secrets homies. That excludes a lot of people. I mean, that's just something that they do. Sometimes they're going to do something that doesn't really land on literally uh, everyone. You know, Callus Bales uh, and the rest of the Cabal look to Zavala for leadership. That's also possibly why we see Zavala with the Cabal uh, in that one scene. That 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 is, uh, I think that's a possibility as to why they do that, um, because they're trying to set up this, you know, this vacuum of power with the Cabal. Maybe I think that's also maybe why they did what they did with the um that's why they did what they did with the uh i'm trying to think of the um the weapon it's not the beloved it's the adored i think the adored weapon might be like a parting gift from him um and maybe that's why the all the npcs give us a chance to earn it from them because they're going to essentially say yeah callus left and he left you this message or something, something to that effect. Uh, it could be a parting gift from from Callus, because it looks like the beloved, and it's draped in his stuff. It's draped in Callus's uh, stuff. Mike on the mic. On a scale of one to ten, how excited are you for the live event? I'm at about a seven. Yeah, I mean, I, I like this kind of stuff. I, I think it's fun. I, I I just like that they're more than anything. I'll say this. I'm with you. Seven or an eight. It's probably gonna be pretty dope. It's also right before an expansion. So it's, it's, a, it's a cool way to get everybody really hyped for the next day. Also, I think my excitement is more in the category of like, it's really cool that Bungie's doing stuff like this. Th- th- that's what I like. They're, they're, bra- they're, they're kind of stepping out and they're taking a bit of a risk. The, the Almighty event, you know, the Almighty event was pretty dope and... They got. I, I mean, I gave him a lot of praise for it. Some people didn't, but I gave him a lot of praise for it. I was like, "This is pretty cool. This is pretty brave." It went off without a hitch. It could have been an ad- absolute disaster. If the number one complaint from the Almighty event was that it was too slow, it, if that's your only complaint, then I would call that a success. You guys stepped out and did something that could have absolutely gone upside down on you and been terrible and had been an embarrassment, and it, you know it could have been a, a disaster. Um, other than people, you know, getting bopped and having some error code problems periodically, I would say it went off incredibly well. And again, if, if it would have been a disaster, that would have been worse than just like, oh, it's kind of slow. Um, you know, I would, I I would, I would say that that's where I'm, I'm placing more of my excitement. You know what I mean? More of my excitement is in the category of like, this is something cool they're actually looking at doing on a more regular basis. Also, it's it's a glimpse into their philosophy about story now. Story's going to be a bit more of a baton pass. Everything's kind of leading to another, and we already have hints that that's going to be happening all this year with Zivu Arath, the Wrathborn hunts, 
uh, you know, Aldrin as the crow and Osiris and, you know, Savathun, all of that's coming to a head in Witch Queen, which is a, a year from now. So they're investing in story right now that won't come to fruition for an entire year. And I think that's pretty dope. And I think the live events just kind of attached to that for me. It's all cool uh, that they're doing it. I, I, I take it as a whole package deal that they're that they're doing. Uh, Darth Fitz with the next question. It was really interesting to see Zavala standing with the Cabal. Do you think that there are troops given to us from Callus, and do you see us fighting alongside uh, other races going forward? I don't necessarily think that Callus is like, here are my troops. I think Callus leaves because the Leviathan's gone in year four. Um, that's I. That's where that's where I'm landing on it. Is is he's gonna leave? And I think somebody already kind of hinted at it with a question just a little bit ago that like that creates kind of a power vacuum. Maybe not a power vacuum. Maybe that's the wrong terminology. It's more of now they're leaderless. Um, also, in the image, that's right. They're Red Legion. He doesn't really work with the Red Legion anymore because the Red Legion attacked the Leviathan. He has his loyalists, right? Um, so I don't even know what's what they look. The one standing, the one standing with Savala, I'm pretty sure a Red Legion. Um, so they could come back into the system and be like, "Well, now that the Leviathan's gone, we can come in here and we can talk to you and basically be like, uh we're here to help. This is looking pretty bad. That you know, we're we're here to uh, to assist with what's going on." So. Shane Infinity with the next question. With Beyond Light gaining a lot of new players, I can see a lot more hardcore players being made. Do you think Bungie is going to keep a balance for this to keep it more toward the casuals? Or or keep it more toward the casuals? I mean, I think we kind of start to... I think sometimes we overstate this divide a little bit too much. Like, I think a lot of the times people summarize year three as, like, not enough stuff for hardcores. They focus on the mid lane and the casuals. Now, I have said that. I really did feel like year three, they did really set their sights on the more casual player because they wanted to keep people engaged. I think the season pass, the artifact, the way the content was structured, the super accessibility of all of the weapons and the gear, uh, I think they really set their sights on most of the mid lane players. Now... I say that, I don't mean that you got starved as a hardcore player. I do think, to a certain degree, the hardcore players overstate the vacancy of content in year three. In year three, you got a raid, you got a dungeon, you got two exotics that required endgame content, the Xenophage and the Divinity. Uh, The Xenophage had a unique boss in the dungeon that was only attached to it. You got Grandmaster Nightfall, you got Master Nightmare Hunt Time Trials with an emblem attached, solo dungeon emblem, solo flawless dungeon emblem, a dungeon in the summer. Um, I think I said Grandmaster Nightfall. So, and the titles that came along with the Grandmaster Nightfalls, they did give things to the hardcore player base. You weren't completely and utterly starved. Truth be told, you got actually quite a bit more than other years as a hardcore player. Year three is actually decent for hardcore players. Maybe not as strong as the years where we got all of the raid layers or like Forsaken, where you got Forsaken, Scourge, and Crown all in the same year, and you got the Forges, and you got Menagerie. Um, but I mean, crown was okay. Scourge was really good. And obviously we didn't get that, you know, those, those number of raids this year. So 
I I think year three was weaker for the hardcore offering, but it wasn't a barren wasteland. They, you know, hardcore players got a good amount of things, I think, in year three. I think the number one factor that failed, and this is supposed to be addressed in year four, if Garden and both dungeons, and even Grandmasters, and maybe even Master Nightmare Hunts, if all of those would have had really, really good loot incentive attached to them, year three would have been pretty solid for hardcore players. It would have been pretty solid. It would have been perfect, but or, and and a hard sundial. There was a hard version of sundial with like zero loot loot incentive. Those were all, uh, oh, don't forget corridors of time. I mean, I, I know that wasn't super, you know, bent for all hardcore players, but it was certainly something for hardcore players to, to engage with at the streaming you know, level of take a picture, come in, join, you know, help the help the community wide do this cool thing. Uh, and Trials of Osiris returned. To, it was in a bit of a shambles and in bad state, but again, that is something more geared towards the hardcore players. So, again, in in all of those pr- situations, whether it's corridors of time or trials or the raids or the dungeons, the real problem wasn't that they didn't give you stuff to do; is that the loot incentive was weak. That is supposed to be rectified in year four. That's why sunsetting's coming in. Archon Forge said, "Do you think that the collector's edition puzzle might not be tied to the season end event and uh, and more so tied to something else like the DCV? I don't know what you mean by DC DSC DSC, but we already know what it is. They they solved at least part of it, or maybe it was all of it. It was the remaining pages of the book in the collector's edition. The collector's edition book has pages that are ripped out at the back, and they they it's like pages and pages of lore. Uh, we put it in the general chat in our Discord. We can we can link it again if you go into the dis- the Discord. Uh, they tweeted it out. Oh, Deepstone Crypt. You think it's tied to something else like the Deepstone Crypt? Oh, in that regard, yes. I do feel like it's tied to the Deepstone Crypt because the lore seems to be all about... I saw mentions of like uh, Elizabeth Bray and Clovis and all this other stuff. So likely the lore that came out of this is tied to Deepstone Crypt. I think anybody that was complaining, oh, this is just for people with collector's edition. Yeah, and the reward was literally just stuff with the collector's edition. That's all it was. It was extra pages for the book that I got in my collector's edition. I also got this little splinter looking, it looks like a ship, this little splinter light up thing with my collector's edition. I got a book and then I got a puzzle online to finish out the rest of the book. Like, I think that's totally fine that it was uh, it was limited to collector's edition because the reward had nothing to do with the game. Uh, it had nothing to to do with you know anything inside the game it was something completely separate and it was attached purely to the collector's edition so now that we know what the what the reward and what the puzzle solution was i think everybody can kind of relax it, it makes sense that it was only there for uh the collector's edition people um because that's all it really gives uh i don't know if there's any more uh we don't know if they're they're, they're doing any more with it uh, but for now, that's what that's what popped out of it. And I thought of all the things they could do to attach to a collector's edition, it was uh, it was pretty dope. I thought it was pretty cool. So uh, we're gonna keep on streaming and keep shooting the bull. We may even have some VIP call-ins. If you're at a VIP level of membership, you can call in and talk to me live on the air. So if you're live, don't go anywhere. If you're listening elsewhere, as always, remember uh, you can catch me live at sntrlive.com. If you're in the audience right now, and usually after Q and A, maybe you kind of take the day and, and leave and go watch something else. Make sure and hit like and subscribe on the way out. I'd love for you to stick around and keep hanging out with us. Also, if you're listening or watching to this as an upload or recording elsewhere, please like, share, and subscribe.